spent too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Gotta be a loner. Staring at my phone. Gotta be a loner. Gotta be a loner. Hello, this is the Alona Virus podcast. It's a joke. Like coronavirus, but it's left us all alone. Many of us alone together, but alone nonetheless. And it's weird, right? And I'm your viral host. I'm your Quentin Quarantino. This is Judy. <laughs> well, some people on Instagram suggested that I make a podcast because my Instagram has basically just turned into news about the coronavirus and everything to do with that, which has been a left turn from absolute nonsense. So I understand why some people might be annoyed or just plain confused or like, who do you think you are? Well, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. But I guess um, since my background's in biology and public health, and I'm also an actor, I guess I have... I guess I have some of the skills that might allow one to make an engaging podcast about a very boring but important subject, right? I think there's a lot of podcasts about coronavirus and quarantine and all that stuff uh, there that have recently popped up, but um, they're all pretty boring, and uh, this one is going to be just as boring, but I'm younger. No, that's probably not even true. I have longer hair. Maybe not true. I don't know. I don't know what sets me apart. We're all just bored. This is a way to connect with people. That's going to be great. Um, But I do hope that the people that have suggested that I do a podcast did so because there are people that want information. And one thing that I think I am actually good at is distilling science into uh, something digestible, something that people can understand people that don't necessarily have a background in in science and um i think that's an important thing to do um especially during this time people need to know what's going on and um how they need to behave and change how everything affects their lives their lives their lifestyles their lives um their well-being and all of that and this is a weird and tricky time and um you know i i uh i think that We'll get through it, but I also think it's probably still going to get a little worse before it starts to get better. Uh, as we compare this country to um, things that are happening around the world, uh, Italy today had their highest number of deaths, I think, in a day, and they've, from what I can understand, from what I can see, that they've been isolated and quarantined for for weeks now, and it seems like people are participating and and understand the importance so um if that's true you know we might be in for some serious um stuff in the coming weeks which is which is scary and i don't think there's really um been uh too many reasons or characteristics in the italian population identified as to why their numbers are so much higher. Um, may have something to do with the amount of people that smoke. Again, this is a this is a viral pneumonia. Anything that, any underlying conditions that people have that affect their lungs are going to affect their outcomes if they are to get this um, disease and be symptomatic. Um, and also, you know, Europeans 
are closer in contact than Americans are just culturally. They, they, their greetings are usually kisses on the cheek, stuff like that. Um, so there is a lot more room for transmission just, just culturally, but it still doesn't fully make sense. Japan, which has a much older population, which we were to believe was the most vulnerable, uh, demographic, uh, has much lower numbers. So it's really hard to, to figure out. And so where we are right now is, uh, most of us are quarantined in their, in our homes. Um, and, uh, unfortunately this is the, the best, the best place for us to be for a number of reasons. Uh, I think we all, most of us understand that I've, there was an interesting, um, article, uh, that I saw the other day, my friend sent it to me and I will read it. It was, um, actually written by a doctor, uh, Princeton alumnus. And, uh, you know, so there's obviously a lot of pushback from people not really understanding why we're taking this extreme approach, but there are also a lot of really smart people that also don't seem to get how, why this, um, why this tactic is sensical. And, um, so this was written by a, um, a radiologist. Um, I'm a radiologist <laughs> thinking about how to protect our patients and our families from the serious consequences of COVID-19. I see the fear and panic in society and the reaction to this disease does not make sense to me. My contention is that we should be protecting those people most susceptible to the disease, morbidities, mortality from this illness. Those who are elderly or immune compromised, those in nursing homes, those carrying Medicare cards, those with known cancer or immune suppressing illnesses. Every interaction with this population should be with caution, with protective barriers. They should avoid going to crowded venues, avoid soccer games, concert halls and crowded planes, trains during this flu season. The other healthy, younger part of the population should go about their daily lives normally, without masks, but with common sense, hygiene, and proper etiquette. They should not be quarantined, isolated, or kept from living. Schools should not be closed. Only the susceptible should be kept out of school. Workplaces should not close. Only the susceptible should work from home. Travel should be encouraged for the young. The young and healthy will not die from COVID-19. Instead, they will develop immunity by contracting the virus. Contracting the virus. Contract. They're doing some uh, some some uh, carpentry work in the attic. Um, anyway, and when young, when enough young people get the virus, there will be population protection. And when they grow old, they will not die from COVID nineteen. Instead, with young people inoculated, COVID nineteen will become like one of the hundred fifteen common cold viruses that we live with yearly. Many of which are coronaviruses. I hope I will become immune to this virus before I grow old. What doesn't kill me will make me stronger. Nobody under 30 year, years old has died in Korea. No one under 50 has died in Japan. Exposure to someone with COVID-19 should not lead to immediate isolation and self-quarantine. If we applied this policy to every aspect of our society, we'll, we will not have a functioning society. All of our hospitals and clinics will be closed because all of us in healthcare will be exposed to someone with coronavirus. Plus, containment of a highly contagious disease just doesn't work. If you've ever played the simulation game Plague, you will know that containment never works. Only improved immunity works, either by vaccines or by total population inoculations, like chickenpox parties held in our parents' generations. Inoculate all the kids, get everyone immune to it, and you're done for a generation. Grandparents were never invited to chickenpox parties. Hmm. 
Please tell me if you disagree with my assessment and why. I will not say his name. And, uh, well, this is what I responded to him. I think you're missing the point. You would be right if we had a healthcare system that was ready to handle and treat a potential lot of COVID-19 patients. If we could isolate every vulnerable person until 100% of the pandemic has crested. If we weren't seeing cases of younger folks getting completely ravaged by this disease. Chickenpox or a tolerable discomfort, violent viral pneumonia would be an unethical, would be unethical to knowingly expose someone to even with a 75% chance of being symptom-free. You're suggesting a simple plan for a very complicated disease. You're right that isolation probably won't work on its own, but we need to buy time to develop a treatment or a vaccine or something that will give us some control of the situation. Our approach right now is extreme, but the alternative is ugly and unethical. This is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, If we were to just isolate just the elderly or the vulnerable, it seems like in theory it could work, but it's just, I think it would be impossible to do. And since this disease is so contagious and already gotten out of hand, and we're seeing so many younger folks just getting really sick, and even even though they're not dying, it's so unethical to expose someone to a disease that's going to put them in the hospital and make them unable to breathe and put them on a ventilator. That is just the fact that a doctor would... Maybe he didn't know that at the time of writing that, but just the fact that he could suggest that is it's pretty horrifying, I think. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of information to be given and, uh, I, I've given so much out, not that I should be selling it. I'm just saying I've been talking so much about this on my Instagram and, and, uh, social media and stuff. And I don't know if I should just go over everything that's known. I feel like everybody's kind of on the same page, but I'm happy to, I would love to answer any questions. I want to hear people's stories. What, what is, uh. What is this quarantine situation ruining for you right now? What would you be doing? What are you missing out on? Are you stuck with somebody you don't want to be stuck with? That's hilarious. That'd be great. That'd be really funny. Um, what are you getting? Like, what is the, what's the positive here? You know? I want to hear the story of, like, how, how you went from, oh, it's just the flu to, oh, shit. This is real, and we could die. And this might be the end of the world and the country. Because uh, a lot of us have made that shift. I was at work a couple of Wednesdays ago, and, you know, I was kind of brushing off the whole thing. And then someone sent me an article that um, was written by an anonymous doctor in Italy that said that they had to choose who to intubate because they didn't have the resources to um, treat everyone that was coming in with this disease. And one of those people was an otherwise healthy 40-year-old woman. And I just sort of, that just sort of punched me. That information just, just, (laughs) what am I trying to say? It punched me in the face. It punched me in the dick. And, uh, (laughs) And I actually just, I clocked out of work and I said, I gotta go. And I realized that this is an imminent threat at this point, and nobody's taking it seriously. So I left work, packed a bag, got in my car, and drove for three days to Pennsylvania because Los Angeles, though I love being there, did not seem like the right place 
to be during a crisis like this that is essentially worsened by population density. I wanted to be somewhere where there are fewer people. And so I'm in rural Pennsylvania and uh, maintaining distance has been pretty easy thus far. And I'm, you know, I'm feeling for everybody that's still over in LA and all my pairs of pants that are still there. I hope they're okay. Um, I know LA is on lockdown right now. It's probably real crazy. I'm glad I'm personally not there, but um, many millions, millions of people are. So I uh, hope everybody's okay. And please, uh, let's, I would love, I'm sure no one's going to listen to this, but if they do, I would love for this be, to be a, a way to connect with people because I've been talking to people um, that I otherwise don't. I mean, we just have extra time. I see a lot of like comedians, like well-known public figures. They're just interacting with people because we're all stuck in the same exact position. We're all affected by this alone virus, you know, <laughs> it's such a stupid name, but it's, it's kind of true. The real virus is that we're stuck alone and we're all infected, right? Anyway, uh, please get in touch with me and let me know what this podcast is because I don't know. Okay, bye. Spent too much time in California. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So I know I keep saying to get in touch with me. And then I didn't tell you how to get in touch with me. So uh, right now, the only, the best way and the only way to get in touch is on Instagram, the Alona virus. T-H-E-A-L-O-N-E-A-V-I-R-U-S. The Alona virus. And uh, find it me there.